You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. A winter weather advisory is an invitation to own the roads in the Dodge Charger, America's only four-door muscle car with all-wheel drive. To take the winter by storm in a Dodge Durango, the most powerful SUV with all-wheel drive in its class. And to burn some rubber and melt the snow in the Dodge Challenger, the first all-wheel drive muscle coupe. Don't miss the Dodge President's Day event. Based on 2019 Ward's Miss Sport Utility Vehicle Segment. Based on Ward's Middle Specialty Vehicle Segment. Excludes other FCA US LLC vehicles. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Hello. Welcome again to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator. DeAndra with Bill Goldberg. Uh, calling in again. Hello. And uh, thanks for calling in, buddy. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate all that. And I appreciate all the comments that you guys have been sending us. And I know sometimes the phone thing sounds a little weird and s- stuff happened in the background, but we appreciate you guys uh, bearing with us. I, I know all the noises are related to working on vehicles. <laughs> so therefore, we are exempt. We have a you know, hall pass on that one. You know, things have, things have been busy, and we this is not necessarily the easiest show to to do. Um, but I appreciate you guys listening; really do. Uh, we're going to try to get something on the schedule for Bill to come up here in the studio. We'll do a couple episodes from the from the studio and and put you at ease a little bit. But in the meantime, uh, this is what we got. So again, thank you so much. We're going to do our best to get you the best quality show that we can. Of course, Geico. Uh, CarCast presented by Geico. Check out geico.com for some car insurance. And Dodge, you can hurry into Dodge's President's Day event for a great deal on the Dodge all-wheel drive lineup. I feel like it's a President's Month event, but uh, that's good. <laughs> it's all fine with me. And uh, and our friends at Zycote, uh, they make Zybar for better engine performance, horsepower, fuel economy, and lower underhood temperatures. Zybar is an ultra-thin, high-temperature coating that reduces radiant heat by 90%. So put Zybar on, take heat off, learn more at Zycoat.com. All right, check those guys out. Ah, man. So we've got some cool stuff going on. Uh, We've obviously got some... You got some updates on the uh, on the red eye. We've got events to talk about. We've got news, and I know you guys think I pick on Tesla quite a bit, but I've got some Tesla news as well. Some of it's quite tragic. Some of it's kind of humorous, and uh, and uh, we'll get into a little bit of that. But um, man, let's get a little update on. Uh, on the red eye, I've been following your social media, Bill. We've been chatting. I know you went down and uh, visited the guys over at HRE, and quite possibly the first set of, of aftermarket wheels fitted to a red eye. And uh, you got some HRE wheels, I assume some uh, some Nitto tires, and tell us about the wheels because the fan- the color combination is fantastic. Well, you know, we went with the brushed on the inners and a, a glossy on the out, outers. Um, the I wanted to go with a natural color on the inside because it matched the triple nickel. And, you know, hey, man, the fact is, is I got 11 black cars. <laughs> <clears throat> and it doesn't do 
it doesn't do HRE any good to continue to give me black wheels. So I, I thought if I had any car to kind of go a little overboard, not overboard, because they're still subtle, um, it would be the triple nickel silver car, man. So I, I think what they ended up coming up with, and if you see in the video, I mean, I they don't teach me how to wrestle or play football, and I don't <laughs> teach them how to pick out the proper wheels for my car. Um, yeah. I could just give them a direction. So I think what they came up with is great. Um, they're, they're beautiful. I got a lot, a lot of meat, a lot of minnows on, on those things, man. It looks like the car's been lower in the front. I can use a tiny bit of, of rubber in the back, um, height wise, but you know, it is what it is. They're, they're great tires, man. And when I switched them on and drove that thing home from HRE, trying to get here as quickly as possible. And oh, by the way, I basically met Chris Jacobs on the road on my exit to, to pull into the house. Um, man, that thing drove so nice. Um, it's amazing the difference, but, uh, yeah, those guys do such a great job. And it's a, it's a, the wheels, a G code wheel, and it's a collaboration between them and the ring brothers. And you know, you love those um, guys. as well as I do how, you know, the quality that the ring brothers, the quality of the ingenuity and the creativeness, they're like artists. And so when those two collaborate, you know it's going to come out to be one hell of a product. Yeah, and uh, they've been doing that wheel partnership for a little while now, for, for a few years now. Um, and I, I love the designs that they sort of all came up with together, HRE and Ring Brothers. G-Code was this beautiful Camaro that they did. I want to say it was like a light bluish kind of uh, blue-gray kind of Camaro. I can't say for sure, but that that's, sounds about right. And uh, and it's such a sharp looking wheel on it. It's more of a traditional five spoke, sort of a like kind of a dual five spoke piece. And it looks like in the photos that you went with, like you were saying, like a brushed center section, but the outer rim, the barrel of it, um, has like a tint in it, so it darkens up a little bit. It's a gloss, but it has a you know, it, and it makes the center section pop more, and it kind of hides the barrel of it, and it looks like the center section just kind of bleeds into the tire itself. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I, I wanted it to be simple yet, you know, good looking at the same time, and it's a fine balance that uh, you know you try to teeter on. But I think they did well, man. I, I, I really like it. Now you're running what a three fifteen tire in the front, and you're running. Do you, do you run a three fifteen in the back as well? Is it squared up, or do you got more in the back? It's squared up. I, I mean, in in a, in a twenty, you know, right now, Nitto's not. Um, not offering the size tire that I want in the specific tire, but hopefully in the future I can get a little bit more. I mean, I, I, I went a different direction on the Demon. There's, there's a Hoosier on the rear. It's a 325, but mm -hmm. it's an 18-inch wheel. So, you know, the the options are, are much better to get that big of a tire. I mean, there's not many people drag racing with a 20-inch wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So it's it's hard to really find that balance and get the right look, but I, I think I've I think I've got it in, in both of them for what the, I'm asking the vehicles to do. Now, which tire are you using? Are you using their triple five or their NTO five? Do you, do do you recall? Man, I've got every one of their tires on every one of these vehicles, and so the one I'm using. Let me let me look real quick. It's an NTO five um, on the front. And an NTO five R on the back, or that might be reversed. Um, yeah, you know, it sounds like uh, yeah. I 
uh, it might have the R in the back for a little bit softer compound for a little bit better sort of off the line traction. It's yeah, an interesting... the, tre- the tread's a little bit different. Yeah. you know, it's a little a little less tread in the back and and more meat. Um, you know, I, it's just what I chose to go to do on that car. Um, with what I'm asking that car to do and how I'm going to be driving it. It's nice to get specific in these wheel tire packages with certain cars. So, hey, if I want to go the, in the canyon, I drive this car one day, and it's a luxury. Yeah. it's It looks good. I love the color combination on it. Um, I'd love to see that car come up to our uh, to our anniversary show at the Peterson. So hopefully the weather pans out and you guys are feeling comfortable and Maybe bring that thing up here. And, uh, you know, I've got HREs on the M3 as well, so maybe I'll give those things a nice shiny bath and uh, and, and and park it next year. <laughs> it next to I, your I, car. I think you should. I mean, let's talk about the timeline of me getting that car ready for Mr. Chris Jacobs coming for Dodge Garage yesterday. Friday, oh, I yeah. had to pick it up at Auto Armor, and they did all the expel work, you know, the paint protection, sure. the window tint, and then uh, – and then Friday, and then, you know, I had to, I got my mechanic out here to get my, get my, all my old stuff in working condition. So we did a fuel pump swap on one and then a battery swap on the other, which obviously didn't take much time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and, and then I literally at 9.30 in the morning yesterday, the same day that Chris is on his way, I go pick up the wheel tire package and get that thing done. So it was a... It was a pretty fun little weekend, automobile-wise. Now, oh, a- and 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 let's talk about the the other Hellcat that was on a that was on a uh, that was picked up yesterday in more in states Statesville, mm-hmm. North Carolina, and it's already at Speedcore in Wisconsin. Oh, nice! Wow! So somebody was uh, trucking, literally I, trucking. I had yeah, no doubt. I had a I had a full plate of car stuff going on. So oh, good! I had a great weekend. The uh, uh, the deal with Chris Jacobs and 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 uh, Dodge Garage or Mopar Garage, the, um, uh, you guys did a photo shoot with the car and stuff. We're gonna be able to see some of that. Yeah, at some point? It's, a, it's a video photo gimmick. I think it's gonna be on their uh, uh, Dodge Garage site, mm-hmm. and uh, he's going to four different garages for different reasons uh, throughout the year for Dodge and, and filling content for Dodge Garage. And it's uh, I was just hey man, it's honored the it's honored to see Chris. Uh, in, in, you know, personally and in the working capacity. And, uh, it's, it's cool to be representing, uh, a, a garage that they thought worthy enough for me to be doing the product. Every time they do that, you got to move so many cars around. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it literally this time it wasn't that bad. I mean, I pulled the, the demon number two out of the bubble. Which was kind of fun. I doubled yeah. the mileage on it. Which was going it's about four. I don't know <laughs> six. <laughs> yeah. No. Is it, um, is it still I actually single went digits? about three hundred yards, so that was about it. But is um, it, is it everything single else digits? was interesting? You know, to to change the fuel pump on the Coronet at the last minute, yeah. so I could get it out of the way, so I could lower the 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 Candymatic, the Dodge three thirty out down and and actually pull it out and make the hair stand up on my arms when yeah. i started or we started it man uh, it was all worth it it's a pain in the ass you know it but it, it's all worth it yeah 
It's good. Well, um, there's a there's a, another Dodge event that's coming up soon. Um, first, let me tell you guys about Geico. You've heard this before. You know you love them. Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off dry cleaning. You pick up some milk. And now you can add, save hundreds of dollars of car in, on car insurance to that list. You don't have to drop off or pick up anything. Just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket – this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. Check out Geico.com. All right, so at the end of the month, I was just uh, calling my buddy over at Dodge on the way into the studio today. Said, uh, said uh, my buddy Scott. I was like, Scott, what's going on? What's new? What's happening? Are you listening to the podcast? Are you loving things? And he's like, yes. And he said, I'm glad you called. I want you to come out to this event, the uh, the Spring Festival at uh, in Pomona. It's the Auto Club uh, Raceway in Pomona. It's March 23rd, and uh, it's a big, uh, big Dodge event going on out there. They're going to bring out all kinds of cool cars. They're going to be debuting a concept car you guys are going to love. Uh, I think that's all we can tell you on that. Um, go out there and check it out. But... Uh, Bill, I, I'm hoping you and I can get out there because I believe we've wrangled up an open invitation to do some drag racing at this event on the actual Pomona drag strip, which would be really fun to do. But here's the cool part. In the Dodge Challenger lineup, you know, Hellcats and Demons and stuff, they have the Dodge Challenger 1320, which is a Challenger with all of the demon components except for the engine. So if you want the Hellcat engine and not the crazy demon engine, you want to scale back a little bit, but you want the full drivetrain, uh, the brakes, the setup, like the suspension and all that of the demon. So if you want everything demon, pretty much, except for, I don't know, maybe the hood's different and the engine isn't quite as powerful. So you can get into the racing probably with a little bit more traction. They have a Challenger 1320, and I think you and I are going to be able to go there and drag race a couple of these things. Nice. It should be badass, right? I'm talking about. Yeah. It's funny because at at Roadkill Nights in August, we we drag race the Hellcat uh, wide bodies, um, but but it'd be interesting because these 1320s are dialed in a little bit more for the drag racing. I think a little bit better a shifting of the weight onto the rear tires and maybe a little bit more nose lifting in the front. And uh, and uh, we can probably talk to some of the Dodge guys. This isn't sort of a fun kind of gimmicky drag race thing like we did at, at, at Roadkill, which was great. I mean, it was real heads-up racing, but there wasn't a lot of, like, sharing of information. There was a lot of, like, shit-talking and having some fun on camera with it. Well, here's what I'd really like to do, man. It would yeah. be really fun. And, and, you know, we're always competitive, but that's, this isn't a competitive deal, what I'm looking mm-hmm. at right mm-hmm. here. I just, I you know... I'd like for you to go down one way, me to go down a different way. Um, if there's options, uh, you know, meaning remember, you know, uh, you'd either shift manually, put it, you know, uh, in the paddle shifters or yeah. you'd let the computer do the work or it would be nice to be able to compare and contrast in a couple of runs. And then I'm going to bring Mr. Jackhammer F eight, number 37 demon down. Yeah. And I'd love to see what it would, they would do side to side. Yeah. That you know, would that, be fantastic. That might be something I, really cool. 
it's 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 amazing how much traction plays a part of it. So that demon may have all the power, but you might not be able to use that till about half track by the time you got traction. If if the thirteen twenty hooks up a little better off the line, it's very possible that car can get the jump off the line, and you have to make up for it with horsepower. Like it's really just. And I wonder what the differences are in in, in the setup to where that could possibly have a better hookup. You're right. And then, so I think we'll have an opportunity to talk to some of the, some of the Dodge engineers as well to find out, you know, what's, what's a good way, a good, fast, safe way to make those things go down the strip. So I'm excited about that. I, you know, I was just kind of finding out about it now. We got the nice invitation for it. So, uh, you know, I've got to make a couple calls to those guys and kind of lock something in, but, um, it's definitely something that I would like to do. Uh, I know. Well, uh, tell them Santa Claus is in. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'd love to see that damn, uh, uh, sleigh go down there. They should make a driving version <laughs> of that thing. Uh, which was, uh, which was fun to do, which was fun to see. By the way, I saw it at the LA Auto Show. That thing was, um, was a lot of fun. Um, anyway, so that's kind of all the Dodge stuff going on right now. Uh, unfortunately, I've been, uh, running around and kind of planning this big March 10th Peterson event, our 10th anniversary. So haven't done too much on my cars. Um, uh, the, the Mustang specifically, you, you, you guys know, I've been sort of mounting, custom mounting the supercharger for that. And I worked on a foam piece and I was bringing it into wood and, and I've got like half of the wood done. I've got like the supercharger bracket, um, part of the bracket as a template mounted to the wood and we've cut it out. We've sort of drilled the holes and now I kind of have to cut the back half of it, which, which, um, so the, the part of the wood that would mount the supercharger, it's based off of the metal templates that come with Pro Charger. That part is done. And then the second half of the piece of the wood is the custom parts that you mount to the car. So right now it's just a big blank piece of wood with the supercharger <laughs> cut out. So uh, we're going to start whittling that down and mounting it and seeing what we can do. And if you recall from the photos that we posted up on social media quite some while a while back. Maybe I'll post it again. I'll, I'll go snap another photo before I leave. But we made sort of this um, this metal jig. It's just a square tubing. It's like one inch square tubing that goes across the engine bay and uh, uh, and allows me to to move the the supercharger. The supercharger hangs from this metal bar, and we just welded up a piece and put a put a bolt through it and um, and hang the supercharger in the engine bay. So I can move this metal bar fore and aft. I can move it toward the firewall, toward the front of the vehicle to place the supercharger. And then the supercharger that it has this piece sort of welded uh, on, onto the bar actually slides left to right. So now I can move the supercharger front and back and left and right and position it exactly where I want. And I keep looking and going, oh, I should get it closer to the engine, closer to the engine. But when you start going down, the tubing that goes to the intercooler either hits the intercooler on one side or hits the power steering pump on the other. So it's going to be a very similar location to what the normal supercharger location is for the pro charger kits, but all of the front accessories are completely different. It, it's uh, all the new pieces are different, you know, a tiny peanut AC compressor and, and uh, a much higher output new alternator. And um, the thing that uh, for me was the weak link on all the new front engine accessories has always been the factory rebuilt or original 
power steering pump, and I wanted to do away with that. So I got a nice uh, racing pump from KRC, from KRC Power Steering, and uh, we were able to mount it to my new front engine accessory brackets, and there's going to be a remote reservoir for the power steering pump, so I have more room for the supercharger tubing. So now everything on that is new. The entire uh, power steering rack is a is a brand new, non rebuilt, quick ratio unit from from Flaming River, and everything else on this new water pump alternator uh, power steering pump, and it should be pretty cool. So uh, yes, it's still on the lift. It's still there. Uh, every time I post, you guys send me wonderful, hilarious comments. Are you sure? Are you sure that's your true story? Because it sounded like it went way too good, way, way too easy. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's kind of the effort. To, listen, by the way, the trial and error on all of this stuff has taken months to do. There's, <laughs> there's these two little standoffs, like two little, like three inch long aluminum tubes out that we were working on just to mount this power steering pump and just back and forth and trying to get it to fit. And then when the back seams lined up, then the pulleys aren't lined up and you're just trying to, it's just a lot of trial and error. My guy just keeps grabbing out the lathe. Sean over at the shop, he's just like, let's put it on the lathe. Let's try it again. And then, um, uh, it's, it's been, it's been interesting for sure. And then, um, the whole steering shaft, which I didn't really get into much, uh, certainly, just just now or quite in a while is is the 93 Mustang Cobra doesn't have a tilt column. Now, the earlier generations, earlier years did, but it didn't have an airbag and the 93 has an airbag. Now, it's very easy, but not easy, but a common modification is take out the airbag steering wheel, take out the 90 to 93 steering column, put in an 89 or or earlier steering column and get tilt with a non-airbag steering wheel. However, on this particular car, as ugly as that giant steering wheel is with the stupid airbag in it, I wanted this one to have an original look. I wanted it to be what would be sort of a 93 Cobra with a lot of like period correct modifications. Like you guys know, I've got the original GT40 heads fully ported. I've got the original Cobra intake fully ported. It's not the aftermarket motorsport one either that has a stamping of a number on it. This is the original Cobra intake manifold that was done on the car. So everything is kind of is basically you know matching numbers and stuff. Yeah, I put a six speed transmission and modernize a few things, suspension and stuff, but. Um, because there's not a, a tilt steering column, I made spacers underneath the uh, underneath the dash. So what I did is, is I moved the steering column, the whole thing down underneath the dash. There's like four bolts down there, um, and I made spacers and moved that whole thing down, um, which gives me a better look at the gauges because the steering wheel it sits up very high. And uh, the steering wheel is very above sort of the gauge cluster. Um, did you, you know, be honest. Yeah. Man, you did that because you don't like driving on a phone book. Right. Yeah. I can't see the stupid gauges. All I see is the <laughs> steering wheel in front of me. It's just like, it's like all I see is steering wheel. So I either have to raise the seat a lot, which by the way, if you do that, then it makes it, it stretches your leg to try to use the clutch. <laughs> right? So there's no winning in this world. I'd have to like cut the pedals out and make a, a, a pedal system or lower the steering column. So I lowered the steering column. Now, what that does is on the firewall side, it raises the steering column. So if you imagine just a, a long stick going through the firewall, the firewall is your pivot point. 
you lower the steering inside the car and it pitches up the uh, the rest of the column in the engine compartment and then that hits the header. So we added another uh, uh, U-joint basically and welded on a uh, support. So now there's three uh there's basically it's basically like a two part steering shaft instead of a single going from the firewall to the to the uh, to the power steering rack. There's now a two piece unit and it's it's nice. It's all high quality uh, Flaming River stuff. Um, it's it's it works out great. Um, there seems to be no binding on it. It's it's very kind of subtle, but you'll see when it's done that it looks great. So now I was able to get the steering where I wanted it with a whole new steering rack, a whole new power steering pump, and it, and w- which is quick ratio, by the way. Um, and uh, it's going to be fantastic. And by the way, you Fox Body guys out there, there is a very cool, fairly common modification for better steering. And that's to take a like 2003, 2004 Mustang Cobra steering rack and put it in your Fox body. You can do this with a Maximum Motorsports K member. However, you have to be careful because those steering racks are becoming scarce. And when you buy them and they're rebuilt, they're usually rebuilt with standard Mustang GT rebuild components because that's easy to get and they're cheap. And what it does is completely ruins the whole point of the Cobra rack. It makes it a GT rack. So if you get a Cobra rack and you rebuild it, you need to rebuild it with Cobra components. And that's one way to do it. Or you can call Flaming River. You can get a brand new steering rack, the whole rack and pinion, and then call Maximum Motorsports. If you're going to do the K-member swap, tell them you heard it here and they can modify a K member, when you buy it from them, they can modify the K member to work with the Flaming River power steering rack. We used ours, we used mine as the prototype, and they can do the modification for you. They know how to do it now, but you have to do it when you order it. So there you go. It's a little R&D, and I'm very happy to be able to work with those guys and say, I work with Flaming River and, and Maximum Motorsports. They sent pieces to each other, and they kind of worked it out. And I don't know how many people are asking for it because my car's on a lift, and I'm just telling you about it now. But if you want a brand-new power steering rack and you're doing the, the Maximum Motorsports deal, they can get you all set up with it. It worked for me. And uh, someday when I drive the car, I'll tell you how it handles. <laughs> Insert someday. Someday, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, that's a little update on that. We've got some news to read as, as well. But first, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Zycoat. You know, there's many engines uh, that place hot components like the manifold and exhaust real close to the air intakes, close to plug wires, carburetors, brakes, and power steering lines. And heat is the enemy of speed. Before, your only options were wraps, tapes, or ceramics. Now there's Zybar, a DIY high-temp coating that reduces radiant heat by 90%. This is a resin-based polymer formula that withstands temperatures in excess of what the engine compartment would produce. And it costs about a third of ceramic coating. A single application of Zybar to your manifold exhaust system or headers will control heat, resulting in higher horsepower and torque. And uh, we spoke to these guys. We spoke to Tim, uh, the owner over there, and he said 
the Zybar product is is the main product, which is fantastic. You 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 basically sandblast your let's say your headers. You spray this on with a gun, and it's perfect. Uh, it it pr- has all of the um, corrosion resistance and the heat dissipation. And he does have sort of a junior product if you just want to get that look. He's got one actually in a rattle can now. And we talked about how you couldn't do Zybar in a rattle can. Well, here's the difference is – this has all the look, all the corrosion protection for the metal and everything, but it doesn't have really the heat dissipation property. So if you're just looking for a, a cool-looking engine compartment, you can rattle can it with their new Zybar uh, product. Um, actually, I forgot the name of what the new product is going to be called, but uh, but go to Zycoat.com and check it out. Or use the Zybar product for the uh, for the real heat dissipation, which we love. CarCast. CarCast listeners can receive a 15% discount plus free shipping for all online orders. Just enter promo code CARCAST when you purchase at Zycoat.com. Again, Zycoat.com. Zybar is the product. Zycoat is the website. 15% discount. Use promo code CARCAST, Z-Y-C-O-A-T.com. All right, so... Hey, before you get into the news, uh, yeah. I'm just going to touch on it for two seconds. I, shameless plug. Those dudes who who did my car up to Speedcore, uh, D1 Logistics out of Bourne, Texas, and K&K Car Carriers out mm-hmm. of Stockbridge, Georgia. I've mm-hmm. used those guys a number of times, and uh, just hats off to them. You need a, a badass car transported in a very short period of time. <laughs> Call these guys, man. Jeez so Louise. K- K&K Transport? K&K Car Carriers in Stockbridge, Georgia, and D1 Logistics in Bourne, Texas. I literally, he, he picked the car up yesterday, and he sent me, and he failed to send me a picture of his load-in, mm-hmm. and he sent, me, he sent me a picture this, this morning, and it was the car just sitting there in a, in a shop, and, I te- and he sent me his information to, for payment, and I said, I'll pay you when the car's delivered, and he goes, <laughs> I just left Speedcore. So the guy literally got there and, and the, it just, it was like, it was beamed there. So, I mean, I, I can't say how many times it's been on the other end of the spectrum as far as uh, uh, proper time and delivery is concerned, but these guys, man, they, they knocked it out of the park. So I would be remiss in not patting them on the back. So I appreciate that. Nice. Yeah. We'll definitely uh, add them to the list of companies to use. I appreciate the shout out. I'm sure they do as well. Um, fantastic. I'm glad it got there. And uh, we'll have to get some updates on that project at some point because that thing's going to be fantastic. Oh, man. Um, it went from one end of the spectrum to the other, didn't it? It's, oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. had a number of lives, lives and I believe that uh, the life that it, it landed on right now is going <laughs> to be supercharged, not to use a pun. But, yeah. Um, and then I got to figure out what I'm going to do with the power plant of that thing. We, we you know, talked about twin turbo in there or something like that but the sky's the limit let's have fun with that car it could be a plus could be we, an R&D we're, project. we're starting to chat a little bit about your 69 blazer we got to come up with some ideas for that as well you're nobody's having more fun than you bill <laughs> Bodie, you know it looks like Bodie's having a lot of fun he's building two hundred thousand dollar trucks <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't know if i'm going to be <laughs> you know, uh, we'll we'll see. This is a beater vehicle, man. I don't want to be dumping a lot of money into this, but I know Bodie will be able to help me out one way or another. He does some great stuff, and 
I did, you know, in, in sending me his info, man, I did click on it and look at the chassis he's doing, and they're, they're fantastic. So We're going to have to get him in. I want to catch up with him. So uh, our buddy Bodie Stroud, Hot Rod Builder, he's done, he's, he's done great work over the years. Um, That's uh, the way to do it. We get him in the shop, and then he's got to give us a deal on both of our products. <laughs> and uh, he's a good buddy. He's, he's, worked, he's worked on cars for me, um, both of my Mustangs he's worked on. He's done paint stuff and uh, uh, cars that went to SEMA and, and he's helped out. He's painted a bunch of Adam's cars and, and built the Hino truck and, uh, built, uh, one of the, uh, Paul Newman Oldsmobile Cutlasses, the one with the Camaro body, the V6 car with the Camaro body. He converted oh, it to the Oldsmobile body and man, just, he went to the junkyard, got an old Oldsmobile Cutlass, cut the roof and the A pillar or the B pillars off or something and just turned the, the car back into its original, uh, looking, uh, race car. Um, just fantastic, and just constantly trying to fit stupid racing panels and Zeus fasten and all that stuff. It's a pain in the ass to do it from scratch, you know, uh, making bodies and fitting it. It's a real pain in the ass. But he, well, he hey, I've got it. a great canvas for him, so he doesn't have to put much work into it. You know, <laughs> just a little bit of paint here and there. Yeah, <laughs> and right. A little, a little new chassis, and it, we're all done. It's funny because every project I bring him starts off that way, and then you know. Yeah. 18 months later, he's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're working on it. We're working well, on I'm it. not going to be able to pass that off on him with the engine sitting in the, in the trunk of this car, of this, of this Bronx, of yeah, Blazer. Of the so. Blazer, yeah. <laughs> um, but his, his thing now, we saw up at SEMA, he's doing turnkey chassis, um, which are fantastic. He's got a full chassis for early Mustangs, and um, – and he's really put an effort on making these things work. You can pretty much get any suspen- suspension idea you want. You want a four link. You want independent rear. You want, you know, anything out there. Um, he can set it up for you. And uh, and he had a client that came in. And he's like, I want it, but I want to. I want to race it. I want to take it to the Willow Springs and and race it. And they've done several track days with this thing. And man, it scoots scoots around. And uh, and he's been he's he has like uh, like fifty six ish Ford fifty six F one hundred chassis that he does, and now Bronco chassis and those Bronco chassis are nice. Those are some of the pictures I sent you. Of uh, I'm not hearing any of that unless he's got a Blazer chassis he can crank out for me, man. You yeah. know. Uh, well, so here's the thing: is is not as attractive. Is most of the R and D is done because. The suspension and everything is all port, sort of s- figured out for the truck chassis and the off-road yeah. truck chassis. And I was talking to him, and he's like, he's like, he's like, it's funny you mentioned that. I sent him a picture of your truck from uh, from Instagram, and he goes, "Oh, it's a '69." It's funny you mentioned that because because that's the next chassis we're going to be developing. Uh-huh, there you go. <laughs> okay, well, I got your pallet, boy. I said, I said, oh, this works out. I know a guy. <laughs> Exactly. I know a guy. Um, uh, so it, it, may, it might be. Uh, it's definitely worth a conversation. We should have him come in and, and tell us what's what's up. He's a he's a he's a he's a nice guy. We like Bodie a lot. He's doing. Well. Man, I've known Bodie for so long before he even broke out really into oh, the yeah. public eye. You know, we've known him for, and he's such a good dude. And it's great to see a guy with such good character, you know, mm-hmm. and such uh, unbelievable talent really make it to where you would hope he would make it to, and he's far surpassed it too. I mean, he's, he's gone beyond what I thought he could do. He he has. And I'll tell you, 
the way he did it is he kept reinvesting into his business. When he started off making these chassis, he was out there just uh, bending metal and making them by hand and getting it dialed in, getting all of the numbers dialed in on it. And once he uh, was able to do that and and sold enough to to take the next step. He went and got himself a, a huge mandrel bender, a very very expensive machine, so he can make these things quicker. But now that the architecture is done, the geometry is done, he's able to do it. That's just a guy who just keeps reinvesting in his business to make better products. So we do love that. Yeah, yeah, um, awesome. So uh, <laughs> my buddy Elon Musk. I say my buddy, but I don't think yeah, you'd agree. Buddy. Don't I don't, I don't think you'd agree. Then I won't. Do, and then I'll then I'll stop doing this uh, podcast. <laughs> um, unfortunately, there was a terrible accident in Florida where uh, somebody was driving a Tesla Model S, and um, apparently they think speed was a factor, lost control, and I don't know, hit a pole, hit a tree. And the car caught fire. Now, here's the problem. And this isn't just a Tesla issue, um, uh, potentially. Uh, When a Tesla hits something and the airbags deploy, it's supposed to go into a mode where all of the exterior door handles, which are electric and flush mounted, they're supposed to pop out. And some flaw in the system, the door handles did not pop out. So, unfortunately, um, the driver of this car uh, tragically died, um, and one of the issues – it caught fire very quickly. So, there was – you know, I can't say this is what caused the death, but bystanders and the fire department tried several times. It couldn't get the doors open. There was no door handle, and I think one of the the first police officers on the scene even tried to break a window, and it wouldn't break. And uh, I'm not quite sure how or why. Um, there wasn't a lot of detail on that in the news report. But by the way, brand new uh, uh, Land Rover Velar, completely flush handles. And uh, I think the new Porsche 911 has them. I'm not sure if you can get a fingernail underneath there or not, or if it's fully electric. Um, I I assume on like Corvettes that are electric as well. If you're going to go with electric door handles, things like that, there needs to be a fail safe and a fail safe, something mechanical behind the scenes because this is pretty terrible. Maybe this person could have been, uh, maybe their life could have been saved. Um, there there could have been certainly a lot of damage to the fire and stuff. But um, but this is where we are. These cars today have so much technology in them. That look, you can't get a racing car on the track with shaved door handles or anything like that. Like it's just not going to pass tech. It's not going to pass the inspection. Uh, um, it's called logic. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I get it. It looks cool. It's flush mounted and all that stuff, and it pops in and out when they, when you get near it and the doors lock and all that. But maybe a little more i mean argue a little more testing needs to be involved to get these things to work i mean i'm all for technology and this stuff is is neat but this is a result of technology failing the owner of that car although the owner was probably speeding and and caused an an accident hopefully i don't believe anybody else was hit i think this is sort of self-inflicted um none of it's good but uh uh 
but I don't move know. Just, on to the other, move on to the other news with, yeah, with Elon yeah, Musk. Yeah, so... I'm, and then I'm he, about to cry a, cry a storm here. You know, um, so <laughs> Elon, <laughs> he got in trouble, you know, this past year for tweeting out, you know, I, I think I'm going to take the company private. I've got funding set up, you know, overseas. And, and when you make those kind of sort of brash statements and you have a public company, um, it can drastically change the stock price. So he got in trouble and he had to pay a fine and Tesla paid a fine. And part of the agreement was he can't send out tweets uh, in reference of the company without the company's sort of board um, I guess, or some committee running it by them. Like they need to vet these tweets. They're basically saying, <laughs> Mr. Elon Musk, CEO of the company, you're kind of irresponsible with your tweets. So you are not allowed to do this by yourself. <laughs> right? Yeah, this, well, the, that's, yes. And uh, he went out and tweeted and said, Tesla made zero cars in 2011, but will make around 500,000 in 2019. So he's predicting sales, right? And uh, unfortunately, two things happened. One, that number is not true. <laughs> and, and two, he made a statement that could affect the stock price, which he wasn't allowed to do. So now the SEC is calling on the federal courts to hold him in contempt. And uh, and the the irony of it for poor Elon is his statement didn't actually affect the stock price, but when the SEC says well, he should be held in contempt, the stock dropped five percent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it dropped five percent. So, um, listen, buddy, you got to be you got to be careful with this kind of stuff. You got to be careful with this. And what he meant to say was he was on an annualized production rate. That by the end of 2019 would equal 500,000, but deliveries expected to be about 400,000. So we had to clarify it, but that's not the point. The point Just is another person of the generation that likes to question authority and and throws it in people's faces with, with seemingly no repercussions. That's why they got to throw the book at them. I'm just saying, it. yeah, that's, it's kind of a goofy thing. And why did he get in trouble for a tweet and all that? Because he has a fiduciary duty to stockholders and tons of employees and customers with cars. And, and, and he was told by a court to stop, right? Yeah. And they find him that's like it, millions period. of dollars. Like, come on. I mean, Go out, have fun, do your thing, be charismatic in interviews, and send goofy, fun tweets on on your about your personal stuff, whatever. But just be a little more aware of of the the things that you say that affect everybody else, employees and shareholders, and and I mean, just come on, he should know better. He should know better. I think people people have the same amount of bil- of ability to get him to stop tweeting as they do the president. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's got, that's a whole nother topic, but, uh, yeah. but um, of the same mentality of a certain, certain sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by the way, like after he did his thing, didn't Roseanne Barr send out her tweet and like ruined her show and ruined so many things. It's like, <laughs> there, there you go. it's like, come on, you, you can see what can happen. Like, why does he think he's impervious to this? And just because he's a billionaire, he's like, every time I send out a dumb tweet, I can just pay $4 million for it. Is that worth it? No, not when you're to do something that hurts him. Not That's when all. the stock drops 5%, you know? Um, yeah. 
So anyway, on the fun stuff, man, I'm starting to see more and more of these uh, uh, these spy shots, the camouflage shots of the next Corvette, a mid-engine Corvette. And I don't know if you got a chance to see any of these. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Dodge guy all day long. But, and, I know you are. But... It's, not, it's not affecting my statement that I'm about to say is, mm-hmm. but I hope to God that they have the ability to offset the 9,000 Corvettes that are sitting in dealerships right now that they didn't sell. Yeah, so that's the you other know, thing. With, is, with this new car. Is Corvettes sell, I don't know, something about... 800 a month, which is kind of on the low end, um, but it's a specialty car, and I think there's enough profit in it. You can make it work, but when you're selling a 1,000 or less a month, and you've got 9,000 Corvettes sitting on dealer lots around the country, that says two things. It says, one, maybe everybody's waiting for a C8, the mid-engine Corvette, and two, if you want a front-engine Corvette, this might be the time to go and get one, because there's probably some deals to be made. You know, that in could, three, their marketing isn't obviously as good as Dodge's, their strategy over the past number of years and what they've done with the Challenger. And the Corvette has oh. fallen by the wayside. I know it's a different, it's apples to oranges, but not necessarily that much price difference. You're right. It's not that much price difference, and Corvette's not in a bunch of Fast and Furious movies. So, uh, so there's that. But I'm interested in the mid engine Corvette. I'm looking at the shots. Um, the camouflage shots, and some people have done some computer renderings of it based off of the shape and what they know of of the camouflage car. And the renderings I've seen are actually pretty cool. They look good. If uh, if this is what it's really going to be looking like, um, is that wing straight across in the back, or is it still bent? That the, that thing the- is bent. I don't know what's going on with that, but the the shots of the rear of it. Uh, with that, with that wing in the back, that I, I, I gotta see it without the camouflage. It looks goofy and it looks huge in the back, and uh, it's it's interesting uh, how that's gonna play. But there's got to be some some rationale to it, and maybe there's some sort of movement to it. Um, uh, they're saying that the lights are gonna be sequential, so they're gonna start like from the inside and move out a little a little bit like I think the Mustang has that. I think okay. Audi has a thing kind of like that now. Um, something along the lines of that. So anyway, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I was under the impression for some time that there was going to be a mid-engine Corvette, but also still a a continuation of like the C7 front-engine Corvette so you can get sort of the two versions. Like maybe the mid-engine was going to be the new ZR1 and the well, front-engine was going to be... I don't think sales so. sales tell you anything, it's time to switch. Yeah. Um, and then the last bit of news, just as we wrap up here, as I, I tell you guys, because um, I just saw it just as I was coming in here. But we talked about the Ford Ranger. We talked about a Ranger Raptor that was kind of neat, but probably not coming to the U.S. Well, now the rumor is might be coming to the U.S. So I guess we'll right. see. All right. Before we wrap up, we'll tell you guys about uh, Dodge again. Join the Brotherhood of Muscle at Dodge's President's Day event for a great deal and find out what it's like to own the road no matter what the conditions are. That's Dodge's all-wheel drive lineup. We're talking to the mayor of Muscleville himself. (laughs) Um, I will pardon you. Don't worry. um, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, And myself at at the same time. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. and, uh, And, Bill, thanks for calling in. Great job with the no background noise today. 
Thanks, man. You know, I'm I'm dog sitting. They're, oh, that's they're, they're all four of them, or excuse me, all three of them are are taking a nap. So yes, I have a quiet background. <laughs> there you go. All right, so our car cast show, the tenth anniversary, is at the Peterson Museum on March tenth. Tickets are available. Go to adamcrolla.com or peterson.org to check that out. Uh, and appreciate you guys a uh, nice little review and rating on iTunes if you like the show. Of course, uh, you can follow Goldberg. He's Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter. Goldberg nine five and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. Those are the accounts to follow. Check out the HRA wheels he put on there. All the stuff you can post from the photo shoot. Oh, all the good stuff that's going on over there at uh, at your garage, buddy. And you can follow me at Moderator. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, I'll continue to post uh, Mustang stuff. It's not all Dodge over here, baby. It's not all Dodge. It's all good, man. It's all good. You're right. And uh, my Blazer ain't no Dodge. That's right. I'll post some M3 stuff, some BMW stuff, some... some uh, oh, I put a picture of the Hino up there. People love the Hino. The Hino Transporter. We're going to try to bring that out to the Peterson Museum as well, just to show that someplace. So... Uh, All right, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, for myself and Chris in the studio and Goldberg, until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. Better get me a good parking space in Peterson. You got it. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.